0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Before we begin, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to all the people who gave wonderful feedback on our last two podcasts of We The Students. I'm thrilled that this content has reached out so quickly and has gone lengths to educate students and adults alike. The support is motivating and inspiring for me to continue with the podcast. Also, this episode of We The Students came from a suggestion from a listener who was able to join us today as a guest speaker. If you'd like to be featured on the show, don't hesitate to share your thoughts on our website at www.mhswts.weebly.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you all. With that being said, thank you for joining me today in our third episode of We The Students. Enjoy. Hello. Welcome to Merced High School's We The Students podcast, where we delve into questions and issues high schoolers want answers to. I'm your host, David Chen. Today we will be looking at summertime, but with a new perspective. Many students see summer as what it is, a break from school. Many students take the time off for vacation, relaxing, or procrastinating the summer reading list for your next English class. But what if I told you that summer can actually be a time for reinvention, rediscovery, and exploration? Today we have a special guest from El Capitan High School, he is a high caliber student who has participated in, applied to, or has been accepted into many summer academic programs, including the UC Merced STEM Academy, Cosmos, and the CCBM Science and Technology Enrichment Program. We will be discussing the true potential of summer for high schoolers, and what you, our wonderful listeners, should consider when June 6th rolls around. Please welcome Derek Ma. All right, thanks for having me, David. Thank like, you. Thank go gauchos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. Um, and... You know, this, you're the first guest from not from Merced High School. Um, I'd just like to also point out that you were invited onto the show because you filled out the uh, form on the website. Yep, so, you know, thank you for that. And this is just a reminder for our listeners as well that, you know, these things can happen. And I'm always looking forward for guest speakers from other places or with other ideas. So, again, um, thank you for your input. All right, so, um, like mentioned in the introduction, you were part of a lot of summer academic programs. And we talked a little about this. But let's just give the um, listeners an introduction of what you've done so far. Freshman summer, sophomore summer, junior summer, kind of shape what you've done so far.
1: Well, starting off, um, I'd like to start with the summer before freshman year. Uh And then uh, that was when, back when the high schools really offered options for summer school, which I don't think they do as much anymore. And that summer, um, a lot of my friends were able to take... Uh, health over the summer Mm -hmm. and then I was not and all I did was um, a bit of community service Mm -hmm. and I kind of regret that now because that really screwed up my schedule for the next couple years as I had to take health freshman year and then I'm still a
0: year behind in my foreign language. Oh, okay. I see. And just to reiterate that um, summer class is no longer provided, right? Yeah, I think I heard something
1: about that. They're not really giving as many options for summer school or um, just summer school if you want to do extra classes.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's fresh uh, before freshman summer. What about freshman? Yeah, the freshman year, leading into summer. summer. Yeah,
1: um, that year I was in the UC said um, summer STEM academy, the Bobcat Summer STEM Academy. Which I, I remember I was part yeah. of that for Which life. My dad started <laughs> uh-huh. um, that one's pretty interesting, and they offer courses for everyone from middle school up to high school, uh-huh. and they have I think it's in two week segments, and they have topics like CSI, and um, they have things uh, they had three D printing, programming, game design. And um, I think your dad helped with the robotics section, mm-hmm, their yeah. curriculum, and there's biology and stuff. Cool. It's just a really cool experience. You can go to UC Merced. They take you on tours of the labs, and you get taught by the students or the professors there. So it's a great time. Cool.
0: And um, are these are
1: two-week programs, you say? Uh, it depends on the program, but there's, some of them are two weeks, some of them are one week. Uh-huh. Provide meals. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh,
0: nice. Cool. And do they overlap? Can you take multiple? Uh, yeah, oh, they're,
1: um, they're all separate, so you can take as many as you want. I took, well, I was kind of forced to take all of them that year, <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah, so, yeah, yeah I've experienced all of them. Cool.
0: Um, just out of curiosity, did you have like a
1: favorite program? My favorite was probably 3D printing, since we were able to design
0: our own things
1: and then print them, or just download files and then print them.
0: Oh, okay, that cool. Was, yeah. Cool. And so now transitioning on to sophomore summer, or summer after sophomore year.
1: Uh, So that would be last summer, and yeah. that one was, yeah, that one was a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. So first off, I did um more community service for 4-H, and then after that, I did uh, another UC Merced program. This is the CCBM Science and Technology Enrichment Program, which uh, wow. you were a part of as well. And then that one's just, um, the first two weeks were mostly seminars, and uh, getting, well, it's just... Guest speakers coming in and telling you about life in college or life after high school, basically, uh-huh. and how to get started with your careers. And then after that, it would be internships in specific labs, which uh, David knows more about than I do. Uh-huh. Oh, and so then, you
0: didn't actually... Wait, you didn't do an internship No, I
1: wasn't actually a part of the internship program. Oh, yeah, right, because you... Um... I had another thing going oh, yeah. on, which, yeah, okay, yeah cool. that was uh, actually my... Probably one of the best experiences I've had in my life, which Uh was going to China and teaching English there. Uh And then that was, I think, a two-week program. And um, yeah, that was great because we got to go to China, uh, live in a school there. It's Uh like, it's for the children of uh, migrant workers. And then we're one of the first teachers that they've ever had. And then, so the conditions are really bad. It's in an old, like, converted Mm -hmm. factory that they Mm -hmm. made into a school. Oh, sure. And then there's people there. From all over the world I met um, Alright, some characters I met There's Brian He's a Chinese Mormon From England What? <laughs> so yeah, he had an interesting accent It was, it was really cool um, Ethan He was a redhead Russian Jew And I, I made tons of friends there It was great You didn't have to speak Chinese You just got to Go there Live at the school Teach children And in your free time You could explore Beijing As you wished so. Oh, so is that Beijing?
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah Cool
1: And so that was two weeks long? Yeah, it was, and I got I think 110
0: hours for that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and did you have like a specific class that you like focused on, or? Yeah,
1: they had um, different classes, basically all subjects uh, that they covered. But for those of us that went to the school, we were specifically teaching English, and then we were each assigned a class. We got a group of say about twenty kids, and um, we we basically owned them for those two oh, weeks. Shoot. Oh shoot! Yeah, we got to name them. We gave them their English names. That's oh. maybe a bit too much power. I think the <laughs> class next to ours they had an Avengers theme going on, so they had mm-hmm. uh, Steve, Bruce, Natasha, Peter. Oh, what the yeah, heck! All sorts of names. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a good experience. You, some of the kids they had like their own interesting stories, and mm-hmm. then um, you know they didn't really have the best of lives but they just really enjoyed everything about the school we learned a lot over there and it's really great for just experience leadership experience
0: and it's a great thing to mention for like college essays and the like yeah wow that's yeah that's that's definitely a once in a lifetime experience that not many people can can access but um and we'll talk a little bit more about you know how you actually got into the program and you know your, your thoughts afterwards but um I'm just curious, what, what about your plans for junior year this upcoming, uh, this upcoming summer? My bad.
1: All right, so for this summer, I'm most likely going to try <clears throat> doing the UC Merced thing again, if <laughs> only just to attend the first two weeks. Or the STEM or the CCBM thing? Uh, the CCBM thing. Okay. I, I don't know. know. Do, you, do you know what CCBM stands for? Um, I think it's like the
0: Center for Cellular Biology and something like that. So you're not planning on doing the uh, internship itself, the long 10-week, 8-week No,
1: I I don't think so. I'll just be doing it for the first two weeks. Mm -hmm. And after that, I'm hoping to go on to some other summer programs that I've already applied for. Um, Like you said in the intro, there's Cosmos, which is uh, a really cool program. It's kind of a camp thing. You would go to um, any, well, there's a list of UCs that you can apply to. And each one has uh, specific uh, focus groups, focus areas that they have, and then students can go there to live on campus and do a camp on that for I think three to four weeks. Okay. And the one I applied for was at UC Irvine, which focuses on um, biomedical stuff and, you know, biology.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And does it cost to go to Cosmos?
1: Uh, yeah. For most of these summer programs, uh, they, like at least the ones that are held by colleges, you have to apply for them and you have to pay for them. Uh-huh. But depending on financial need, they do um, have financial starships. aid. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. okay, cool. And we'll talk about you know the difference between paid um, paid summer sessions and all that. We'll explore it into more detail, but this again, this is just an overview. Any other places that you applied for?
1: Uh, I did apply for the Stanford summer session, which was um, I think the results came out probably about a month ago, mm-hmm. and I was accepted. And I was really indecisive about it, but in mm-hmm. the end, I decided not to go. Oh, okay.
0: Wait, so and okay, we'll probably clarify what exactly these programs are in d- more detail. And um, before we move on, just want to remind um, our listeners here that this podcast is mainly for students who are looking to go into summer with some programs in mind or some ideas about summer. And we'll talk about why you should be considering this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, again, this could also be applied to parents as well. If there are any parents, I don't know, if, uh, doubtful, but if there are any parents that are listening to this podcast, um, you can also consider these for your, um, you know, children who are students in high school. But again, this is all more educational for those who are interested in utilizing their summer to the fullest potential. Which brings us to our next point. Why do we want to do these programs during summer? I thought you know, summer was a break time, a break from academics, a break from all the hard work and the uh, you know, early mornings, late nights. So uh, for you, Derek, why personally do you want to pursue these things during summer, the perfect time for breaks and vacation?
1: Well, mainly it's because over the summer, I have more times to do these things. Uh-huh. Because um, you know, for any sort of application in the future, like college applications, they like to see that you're doing extracurricular things, yeah. and then sometimes during the school year, you don't have as much time to do them, mm-hmm. or there's not as much variety in them. And then over the summer, you just have the opportunity to go somewhere else, go somewhere like out of Merced, and do something like a summer session or a summer camp, which is really valuable, a good way to spend your time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I completely agree with that point. And to kind of expand it into um, my own philosophy as well, you know, summer, in my opinion, is is like a different type of learning experience, right? During school year from, you know, late August to June, you're kind of restricted in that you have the 8 to 3 schedule, right? You know, you have to wake up in the morning, you have to go to school. Sure, you're, you're, you're learning stuff, right, hopefully. And then, um, you know, you're really limited on what you can personally explore, So, for me, and what I always tell the people when, like, they talk to me about the importance of summer, I consider it, you know, it definitely is a relaxing time. But the definition of relaxation is different in that. So, there are good and bad relaxations. The good relax is that you are free to do what you want to do, which you can do, which you're able to do. But, of course, the bad relaxation, the relaxation that, you know, us students want to avoid is the bored relaxed. You know, sitting on the couch from early morning to late night not doing anything just texting around that's the bad relaxation and that's the relaxation that I don't feel feel like anyone should try to or should even be found in
1: yeah I, I agree with that because you know the best thing to do I feel like is to stay productive so when school rolls back around it's a lot easier to transition back into it mm-hmm. instead of you know relaxing for two months not doing anything and then all of a sudden you're back in like tests having to study yeah. homework and all that
0: mm-hmm. it, it can lead you can lead off to a pretty pretty bland <laughs> Brand, bland transition. And when I mentioned in my introduction how I said that summer is a time for reinvention, rediscovery, and exploration, I meant that quite literally in that for your summer, and this is kind of ironic because I never really liked New, Year, New Year's resolutions. I never really believed in them. Because like for us students, at least specifically, January 1st is just the middle of winter break, and we're still in the smack middle of you know, school. There's not really that much new stuff going on. Honestly, the transition of the new year. I was playing Super Smash Bros. till midnight, and suddenly it it changed to 12.01 a.m. I was like, oh, okay, I guess twenty nineteen started. So, you know, for students, New York New Year's isn't really the time to make resolutions, in my opinion. And that's it, it should be reserved for summer, right? Because you want to make resolutions. Well, you can make any resolutions if you want for summer. Like for me, last last summer, I decided I wanted to try to. Run at least a mile every day in the morning. Um, yeah, that didn't work out <laughs> at all. Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, it lasted for like about two weeks. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I stopped in the end. But it's a great time to try, and for us students, that's the perfect time to try because we have the time, like you said, we have honestly the energy because we're not you know bogged down by school itself. And yeah, it's just the time for you to try new things. So what I would suggest to our listeners is that you should treat summer as a time for relaxation, but relaxation in terms of freedom to do what you've always wanted to do, but not necessarily during the time during school because you just simply don't have enough hours in the day. Um, and yeah, so again, in that case, I completely agree with you. Summer should not be a time to you know, mull around, do nothing, waste away until August, I don't know, August 15th rolls around. Um, so yeah, so for you specifically, um, there's a question that often um, rises up. Students, so what can students do in this time frame? Because I know that a lot of competitive summer camps And summer sessions, excuse me, their deadlines are already passed. So what would you suggest for the um, listeners right now what they can do to prepare for summer?
1: So, yeah, about that, some of them are still open, but David's right. A lot of them are the deadlines, at least for the applications, are closing. Mm -hmm. And even if you want to apply, yeah... It's it might be competitive and you might not have enough time to plan around it mm-hmm. but you know as long as you stay productive over the summer you should be good there's always things to do you can always find things even if you don't really go out that far like leave Merced or anything yeah. you, there's still things you can do like for instance some classes they have summer assignments that, that <laughs> <laughs> mostly Oof. AP classes yeah. those you should definitely do before like instead of waiting to the last week before school and uh-huh. then desperately trying to finish them yeah, other things you know there's you can volunteer community service, try to get a job that's actually yes. not a bad way to do it because yeah. a lot of applications they do ask if you have job experience and then that they might ask help. for like your employer's like information so they can contact them.
0: so yeah, it's a good way to spend your time mm-hmm. and you know ironically as well not ironically, but also interestingly, some internships as well give you a stipend right I've heard of some some internships, and we'll talk about internships specifically. Um, you know, they give you like a $4,000, $5,000 scholarship, or even I've heard of $10,000 scholarships, not scholarships stipends for you to be part of their internship program. And yeah, that's just technically a job, right? You get money from, from, for doing work. So, um, again, to the, to the listeners here, uh, we're trying to advocate an active summer, right? You should seek a challenge or at least a routine that you can maybe experiment with. Um, and Yeah. So let's now transition to everything that we've talked about so far, but now in kind of greater detail for those who are interested in specifically some of these programs. So let's start off with some of the uh, summer programs that you mentioned, such as UC Merced STEM Academy, um, Cosmos you already mentioned, and the CCBM. So let's start with STEM Academy, because um, obviously you you were part of all of the programs, so you have a really good in-depth experience about them. So yeah, what do you think about it?
1: Well, that one, um, specifically, that one is... The applications, well, not even applications. Just you know, signups are still open, mm-hmm. or at least I don't even know if they're open yet. But mm-hmm. it'll be going on this year, and you guys should definitely sign up if you have the time. Mm-hmm. It's um, those all fall under the category of summer camps. So um, the Bobcat Summer STEM Academy is offered at UC Merced, and then there's other ones that are at other universities. And if the, if it, if they're the ones that are offered by the university, some of them you do have to apply for. But you know, a lot of them are just. Short camps one to two weeks that you get to live on campus for and really experience life there Mm -hmm. and get taught
0: by either their students or their professors Okay, cool. And so now in terms of pros and cons, what do you think are the main pros to these types of programs?
1: Uh, The pros would be mainly living on campus, I'd Mm -hmm. say Because it's a good experience to get away from home and then you kind of you get like a simulated version of college life for a couple weeks Yeah, Yeah, you get to meet a lot of new people and it's also a good way for you to explore what you want for your future, because if there's a topic you think you're interested in, you can apply for a summer camp on that topic, exactly, and then yeah. you you actually get to uh, experience what it feels like to research that topic or mm-hmm. you know do that topic in college.
0: Yeah, and you bring up a great point because I don't know about you, but for me, I have an undecided career or undecided you know topic I'd like to approach. But for me, summer, especially last year about the internship, it really opened my eyes to possibilities that I can approach you know I crossed some things out on my list and added some things to my list so really for students this is like the perfect time to you know tinker around what you want to do in the future in college or in life in general so yeah summer is a very valuable time in regards to the fact that you can experiment with college choices and because you're living on college campus so you can possibly even glean into their college life but also majors career pathways etc so yeah really valuable all right, so now um, on to CCBM. So, you specifically, um, the two week thing that you mentioned, just to clarify for our listeners. So, that was like the time where you got, you know, safety training, lab training, and fire training, because these two weeks were basically a prerequisite for you to go into internship, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and when we talk about internship, this was at UC Merced Labs. And, you know, internships, you get paired up with a professor who is conducting research in biology, physics, chemistry, yeah, about those three mainly. Um, and yeah you were part of the research group you got to go in every day 9 to 5 it was pretty tedious but it's a very very fast paced learning environment that you can learn from so and again that's between 8 to 10 weeks depending on which professor you get landed with but, but yeah the, the internship program was sorry the uh, CCBM 2 week program thing was unique although I only was part of the first week because that was the you know, training yeah. week but yeah the second week I heard you guys did a lot of other stuff as well so mm-hmm. what was that about?
1: yeah, so basically, we had a lot of seminars about college and job applications mm-hmm. where they would have people come in. Uh, sometimes they'd be graduates of UC Merced or other times they'd be like experts in certain fields. They would just talk about their experiences in their field or um, college life job applications. Basically, everything you need to know after high school. Yeah. And we also had some training. So we got uh, lab and fire safety certifications.
0: Yeah. And those last for three years, right? Like your yeah. official certifications. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you can use them if you apply anywhere else. And then you can yeah. mention it on your resumes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for those two weeks, we also really toured UC Merced's campus. They took us on a tour of the underground tunnels, actually.
0: that was Wait, there's cool. underground tunnels? Yeah, there's the underground tunnels at UC Merced whoa what the heck wait, wait wait are those for like civilian use
1: uh yeah i think it's like they're filled with like pipes and stuff from what yeah it's they lead all over the place i think
0: one of them starts out like right next to their theater and uh-huh. then yeah it just goes all over what the heck i did not know about that whoa that's like a labyrinth but that's pretty cool um yeah so after that two weeks um so it's just those those two weeks right
1: yeah that's all i was
0: part of okay cool um, so yeah, that was actually much more well-rounded education than I thought. I thought it was more like specifically lab stuff, you know, looking into like vernal pools and like their, you know, stem. Uh, sorry, their, yeah, their stem cell research. Yeah, just, we did have tours of those places. Mm-hmm. But yeah. additionally, you also yeah. had education about just stuff in general, like career, um, job training, and job applications. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so yeah, I guess I can also input about the internship themselves for those who are interested. Uh, from what I know, the uh, applications are still open. And even if you don't land it to CCBM itself, for me, what I did was I just emailed one of the professors and said, "Hey, you know, I took these classes. You know, I got a decent grade in them. Can you accept me as your intern? Because I would really like for um, I would really like for you to uh, sorry I would really like for me to work um, for you in your um, lab group." So so yeah, there's either two ways you can do it formally or informally. Formally is through CCBM. Informally, just email one of the professors. I'm sure one of them will respond to you. I I kind of cast a wide net. I just yeah. emailed the entire biology department, and thankfully one of them you know replied. But yeah, the internship for me was eight weeks long. Um, you know I, you know came in every morning from Monday through Friday nine to five. So it really did take up a, a majority of your day. But what's crazy is that you learn so much during those times. Um, you know, for me, I had a you know basic background of biology you know through AP Biology and AP Chemistry, but there are there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that you can learn in the lab setting and for me it was a really big growth but i did find myself kind of backing away from the idea of going into research for me at least i'm sure this will probably change in the future but i'm a very impatient dude when it comes to like learning so i really want to learn everything as fast as possible which was true in the lab setting but also a lab could be very slow i don't know if you experienced the um you know how slow a lab could be in terms of research mm-hmm. but like yeah, I just remember we had one procedure that lasted four days, and on the fifth day it failed. Like it was like wrong measuring or you know just random, randomness of the procedure of the experiment itself. And yeah, the IP uh, sorry the uh, you know princip- sorry the PI the principal investigator just said sorry we have to restart. So yeah, it was it was it was tough in that sense. But overall the experience is is very very intuitive and sorry not very educational. And there's actually one person who came to talk to us after our internship. And she's a current UC Berkeley student. And she actually is pursuing research because she went to the CCBM program at UC Merced and also got, applied, also got accepted into UC Berkeley. So again, this is a lot of pathways in that sense. Um, so yeah, now on to a little bit more about community service for summer. I'm just really curious because you said you did 4-H. And some other stuff, and also the China vacation. Well, not vac. My bad. Not vacation. The uh, teacher. Ha- what, what do you even call that? Just
1: um, it's part of the Happy Dandelion Summer Camp. I mean, I'm sure something was like lost in translation. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, um, so let's start with the Chinese uh, uh, China camp first, because that sounds very fascinating to me.
1: All right, so that one, um, I believe the applications for this year haven't started yet, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah it's a great experience. I did have to apply for it but the thing is it's not really that complicated but complicated of a procedure you just have to fill out a basic form mm-hmm. and then um, you just give reasoning as to why you want to be a part of the camp what leadership experience you have or not even like leadership experience just teaching experience in general uh-huh. They don't require too much you don't even know how to, you don't even have to know how to speak Chinese you
0: just have to be interested you just go uh-huh. there. Oh wow okay did you personally have to speak Chinese there? Um, Do you think it helped? Well, we were told to
1: teach the children in English Mm -hmm. because I don't know if you, any of the listeners here, are in uh, like the foreign language classes. Most Uh of them are in that language only, like, you know, in Spanish class, teachers, everyone is only allowed to speak Spanish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was kind of the thing they wanted us to do. They wanted us to speak English only. Mm -hmm. But in our free time, we would speak with the children a lot in Chinese. Yeah. And, um, well, since we got to explore the city a lot, we would just hop on a subway or a bus and they would just let us leave basically. <laughs> oh shoot, sure, nice. Uh, yeah, we we kind of like hung out a lot in one of the restaurants we became regulars mm-hmm. and they like knew us. Okay. So in those cases where you had to like speak to the locals, you would need to know Chinese, but we would just go out in a big group and even if you didn't
0: know Chinese, other people would. Oh, okay. Interesting. So and the so the applications haven't even opened yet though.
1: Yeah. So these open up pretty late. I don't think you
0: even need to do them till I'd say the end of May, probably, maybe Mm -hmm. early June. Oh, wow. Okay. And in terms of costs for the uh, people who are interested, what are the costs for going to this type of group?
1: Yeah. So I was going to mention that. Let's see. The most expensive part is definitely the plane ticket. Yeah. That's what I'm assuming. But yeah. So depending on which airport to go to or if you like take any layover flights or whatever, Mm -hmm. it, I don't know, might be... 300, 500, 300, $500 round trip. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Just rough estimates. Yeah. It just depends on the time of the year. Well,
0: yeah. But so the camp I itself, know that you have to buy it yeah. early, though, right? The ticket. Yeah, the tickets. The later you, you go, the more expensive it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But um, the camp itself, I think it was really surprisingly cheap because they um, they they required they didn't require anything, but they said like you needed to give a, a donation in order to do the <laughs> camp. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. So the donation itself was only about. Um, trying to do the conversions from Zhenminbi to oh, yeah. USD right yeah. now. Yeah, I think it's and around so, six or seven, right? Yeah, it's divided by six. So I think it was like probably the cheapest they allowed was maybe 300 Zhenminbi. So, like, oh, so that's 50 just 50 bucks. bucks. 50 okay, bucks, well, okay, yeah, yeah that's, that's okay. And then meals, they would provide all meals. You get food, water, place to sleep, except, you know, the conditions are bad. I have some pictures. It's like, I think we were 20 people to a room and like oh, sh- two inch <laughs> oh, mattresses. Uh-huh. But yeah, and the food was, it was good, but there wasn't too much of it. And then it got boring after a while, which is why we'd go out to like restaurants every night. Uh-huh. And then food in China is pretty cheap. Oh, it yeah. Like, it would be like a huge oh, yeah. meal. We were there in like groups of, I don't know, probably pushing 12 people mm-hmm. and then we were paying like six six dollars a person for dinner
0: yeah and and just to, just a reminder for listeners dinner in China is pretty lavish right yeah we got a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah yeah so definitely in terms of in terms of cost I feel like for food and housing it's not gonna be a issue at all mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's really not yeah and <laughs> kind of off topic but off topic but you know the way the Chinese economy is, is going so far that when they apply, and have to donate in, in USD. The roaming B is probably gonna be like ten to one ratio at that point. Yeah, so yeah, definitely worth your money. Um, but so it's a two week long program again. Um, yeah, how would you feel about the time frame? Did you think that it was too long, too short? Obviously, it's you know a big commitment of time. So how would you feel about that?
1: Well, they've been doing this for a couple of years, so I think they have their curriculum down like pretty uh-huh. well. Okay, um, there was well the main difference is. Uh, the difference between, like, Chinese teaching and American teaching. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, and, like, this isn't, I don't know, like, the best thing to say, but sometimes in China they were, like, kind of harsh. Oh,
0: yeah, there's no, there's transparency there. Yeah, it's it's a tough curriculum, Yeah,
1: well, the curriculum, like, we would adapt it for our own use. We, like, gave some games to the children for them to learn the English words. Like, Mm -hmm. I think there was a relay race to find a word in the dictionary. Mm -hmm. That was (laughs) really fun. Yeah. But the teachers, the Chinese teachers there, the supervisors, they they did allow that. But at the same time, they wanted the students to be really respectful. Like mm-hmm. every time they would see one of us, they would bow and say "la Shaha or like, really? oh, like "hello, teacher." Yeah, it was oh, shoot. so great. Oh, that's heck of cool. <laughs> yeah, but um, the curriculum there, we were just teaching them really basic stuff. They because this was honestly their first time for a lot of them, their first time in a proper school. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we would teach them how to say. Um, oh how the basic English letters how to say them mm-hmm. and um, you know they, they kind of had accents we would have to correct them <laughs> yeah and then we would teach them we, well we would give them names but uh-huh. then we would teach them how to spell them and then how to use a dictionary so in the future if they ever find a word they don't know they would just look it up okay cool
0: and obviously this is you know very helpful to those students as well but what did did you learn anything personally as well just curious
1: um I learned a couple things. I learned up how to put a, uh, put up a mosquito net. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Practical, I learned, practical. I learned some stuff about the Mormon religion, mm-hmm. about how they have, like, levels. Oh. Um, but other than that, yeah, I did learn a lot about just conditions in China and, like, yeah. about the children living there. Um, they, at first, some of them were kind of shy, but they opened up to us eventually. Oh, yeah. Sure. I think one of them, there was, like, you know, there was this one kid. It was kind of sad, a story, because I... I think um, it ended up that he was mistreated by his previous teachers, so he was kind of, like, scared of us at first, mm-hmm. and he, like, wouldn't talk, because as soon as his parents dropped him off, he, like, started crying. But, like, you know, even he eventually opened up to us after two weeks, and then by the very end, we had this closing ceremony, where we... um Each class gave a little performance. We got to choose a song for English song for them to dance to, (laughs) although not all of them were English. I think one of them was like Africa by Shakira. There was Despacito.
0: Oh heck yeah! We chose
1: Happy just Uh because I guess our class was kind of boring. But yeah, after that the kids were crying and then you know they went home. Wow. Although actually, um, I think the way the camp works is. After the kids go home, they have a couple weeks break, but once they got accepted into that program, they would be going there for their normal school too, Just like not just oh. over the summer. So they would be going there for all throughout middle school and high school. Oh, sure. Okay. And, and these are all migrant, the children of migrant workers, right? Yeah. So um, I think there was a person in the middle of it. They gave us um, a talk mm-hmm. and then uh, some statistics were like, I think one in every three children in Beijing, that area, they're the children of migrant workers. Because they don't really like you know have a home or anything, so they just go there and then they um, work in the farms around Beijing, mm-hmm. and then they like pay rent and live in an apartment or like really small houses. Yeah. We actually got to go visit them as part of the program and like see their living conditions, and uh-huh. it's like really small. You know, we're yeah, yeah, taking English, you know, tenements. That's, oh shoot! Yeah.
0: Oh no! Yeah. So it, can, it it can be very educational in that you get to see the living conditions of the poor side of China, which. In comparison to America, the poor side of China is, is pretty tough, right?
1: Yeah, it was crazy because we would jump on the bus and then drive for less than thirty minutes, and then we'd be in the middle of like you know the uh, Beijing, and then there'd be like tons of stores, tons of people, yeah, tourists. super high buildings, yeah. you know, million then,
0: dollar apartments, and
1: then you go out less than you know thirty minutes, and then you're in this part of town that's just run down and then it's crazy, yeah, dirt roads,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so. Cool, and obviously the final thing that we're gonna kind of move into is summer institutions themselves. You mentioned some of them, like UC, UC Irvine. Obviously, we talked about UC Merced, but um, you know, in my opinion, I feel like these institutions. So, well, so okay, so some some summer programs are actually sponsored by the university themselves, like they're. You know, conducted by the university, like the summer uh, Stanford summer session, mm-hmm. but some I've heard, like you said, they're third party. Yes, and you know they're just renting the campus, I guess, or renting parts of the campus to to conduct it. So um, let's talk about the application process for for summer programs and such. And do you have any tips about them, just for those who are interested?
1: So for the ones that require applications, these are usually the ones that are actually held by the campuses, like by Stanford or UC Irvine or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then their applications are almost exactly like the ones that you would expect applying for actual colleges. Mm -hmm. So, um, excuse me. So some of them, they would just ask the same questions. They would have essays that you need. You need references or, you know, recommendations from your teachers. You need to submit um, your transcripts and all that. And for Cosmos, it actually required an official transcript,
0: so for oh, yeah, you request one as well yeah
1: so those are the ones that you would actually have to request and they're the same ones that colleges want when you actually apply for them mm-hmm. so
0: a strong parallels
1: between actual college applications and summer program applications yeah like
0: even if you don't plan on like going to them you could just fill one out for the experience yeah for you know? for the practice right yeah, yeah. and you know this is kind of uh, going off a of tangent but you know college applications obviously are mm-hmm. technically the most important part about going to college right you need a good college application, but mainly it's the essays, right? People don't have that practice of doing insight questions because most essays are insight questions, yeah, right? They like, are. you know, what's your best quality as a leader, or um, just just stuff like that that really makes you think. <laughs> so, um, you know, doing these doing these summer program applications are really good practice, and also, um, you know, the essay scholarships. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. So, um, those are great practices as well, and it serves as a dual purpose because if you win, you get a scholarship. You, you get a scholarship. You get money. So, you know, just for listeners out there, um, recommendation, uh, unigo.com, that's a great one. Um, they have monthly essay competitions that are th- $1,000 if you win. And they're about, you know, random stuff, like, you know, if you were in a zombie apocalypse, what would you do, and, you know, so on like that. I believe, so the month is, yeah, so it's March right now. I don't know the prompt exactly, but I'm sure it has to do with, like, flavor of the month. Like, what do you think the flavor of the month should be, or, like, why do you think the number three is so important? So, stuff like that. So... Obviously, these questions won't be on college applications, but um, the essay practice themselves, I feel like, is really crucial for people. So, just, you know, it's a harmless thing to try out, right? Um, yeah. If you don't get it, you don't get it, but you still get the practice, and if you get it, you get money. So, it's it's like a perfect sort of dual-purpose um, activity. I'm just curious, have you Have you tried any essay?
1: Um, no, the only ones I've done are the ones for the summer sessions, and... Uh-huh. Well, I also did one for QuestBridge, which is another scholarship program, mm-hmm. although I think their deadline was last Wednesday, which oh. is also when I was writing my essay. <laughs> yeah. And coinciden- uh, coincidentally, that's when I heard this podcast and oh, decided okay. to like, fill out the form about summer stuff. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Anyways, the questions that I had to deal with were mostly like, well, actually, all three things that I applied for, they used some similar questions, mm-hmm. so I might have like you know copy-pasted a little. Yeah, no, that's like, definitely yeah. what you should Like, I yeah. had the same base idea for each one and I just tailored it to fit each question specifically because a lot of mm-hmm. them, I think each one had one that was on um, talk about an experience that changed your perspective or
0: opinion on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, that's a very yeah. general question, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and that kind of leads to another tip that I personally adopted as well is don't write your scholarships on the oh, sorry, don't watch your essays on the website itself. Yeah. Do yeah. another doc. Do Definitely. another doc because oh, yeah. not only can you save it but also you can do like Reuse Grammarly, it. grammarly and check your grammar and all mm-hmm. that. Um and of course reuse a copy paste wherever you can because honestly these ta- these things take a lot of time and if you're applying to multiple of these you know it will save you time and effort and energy to 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 reuse some ideas
1: yeah but you have to wor- watch out <clears> for <throat> word count because they all have limits and it's like so- annoying sometimes because uh-huh. like the first one I tried to make each one exactly the maximum word count. oh yeah yeah <laughs> I tried to do that as well. and then after that I think one of them I read it wrong and then instead of 500 words that I had it was 500 characters, characters? yeah I yeah, hate that's that yeah
0: so, ba- so bad yeah. I wasted like three hours trying to do that yeah yeah no yeah because for me you know it's kind of ironic but I kind of want to use bigger words right not only to like pass off as slightly more smarter than I may be but um um also it you know it doesn't really count it doesn't really matter if you do big words or not when when it has to when it has to do with like word count when does character count? Yeah, you know, exactly. it suddenly you have, like, 1,200 characters that, um, when it's, like, a 500-character essay. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting.
1: Oh, and some of them, yeah... Not just using the words thing. Sometimes I would like use hyphens to you know condense uh-huh. words. Oh, that's one. dot <laughs> was a great help. Uh-huh. And then another tip I can give is you know, you know give it the America's Got Talent treatment. If you can come up with any sort of sob story, uh-huh. anything like that, it, it can be helpful. Yeah, like yeah. it doesn't have to be like a sob story. It's just something that like shows that you've had a deep experience that affected you in some way. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know I would avoid the ones like well the answers at least that are very generic. Yeah, exactly. you really want stories that I makes guess it like stand you. out. Yeah, like Stand out and be like, oh, this person is special in some way, or yeah. that's unique. Yeah, and also I think you know I've heard this around uh, around like you know advice blogs and all that, but like you want an essay that shows that you're human, right? Because some of them, some some essays just you know splatter out all their achievements and like
1: yeah, you don't you don't just want to flex on the first yeah, yeah exactly because but, they've seen that before
0: yeah, and it's very you know very how do you say um, detached from who you actually are. So painting yourself not only as human, able to feel, but also deeply intimate with your own personality and character—that's the stuff that normally wins. So, so yeah, definitely look for uniqueness. And I know these tips are like really vague, and like people don't, like, well, okay, how do I become? How do I be soul searching and all that? But I think in reality, it's all about practice. And trust me when I say this: when you if you try to do it your first time in the actual college application, the essay itself, it's going to be tough. And that's when people struggle, to be honest. So, yeah, take this time now to not only try to get into summer school, but practice. Practice insight insight questions. So, yeah. Um, any last thoughts about summer sessions and summer camps specifically?
1: Um, well, summer sessions... Well, first of all, I'd like to make clear the difference between each one. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, so please summer please. sessions would be the ones where... Um, they kind of sound cool on the surface, so you, would, uh-huh. you get the opportunity to live on campus at some college, and you take classes with their under, undergraduates, and you get, like, a transcript for that. Oh. So it looks good on resumes and applications, but, like, in the fine text, it says that it doesn't actually guarantee entrance into that college. Uh-huh. And the main thing is they actually charge the same amount of tuition. So oh, I was accepted into the Stanford summer session, and then the total came out to like 16K for, sixteen k for... $16,000? Yeah. yeah, just for, I think it was like a four-week, like a one-month program, uh-huh. and then like just oh taking their basic God. classes, and I was like, nah. Because if you, want, if you really want that, you might as well just do it at like... Um, community college. Yeah, community college yeah. over the summer. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah. Shout out to our first podcast where we talked about community college yeah,
1: classes. exactly. And uh-huh. then the second type, which is um, summer camps... Wow. Again, there's a difference between the ones that are held by the actual school, so those are good because they're more they stand out a bit more. You still apply for them and then you still live on campus. They're usually not as cheap. Sometimes they can still be a few thousand dollars, but you know you can get financial aid mm-hmm. and then there's the ones that are like you know by other companies. And then sometimes, I'm, I mean, I'm sure some of our listeners listeners have gotten, like, the emails or letters. It's like, do you want to study at Berkeley over the summer? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, but this isn't actually Berkeley. This is, like, some <laughs> other company. Third party, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, I've had experience, actually, this... I went to a debate camp, mm-hmm. um, hosted at Stanford, um, originally applied and said, hey, hey, that's Stanford. That, that must yeah, be prestigious. Cool, right? Yeah, no, right? Yeah, but in reality, it was another camp that went on Stanford. I learned a lot in the debate camp itself, but... Yeah, it wasn't wasn't the thing that I was expecting. But still, very educational for the first time, but I wouldn't recommend doing it multiple summers in a row. If you just want it for the experience, I'd say go ahead. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that about concludes what we have today. Um, you know, Thank you once again, Derek, for, for your sharing your insights. And I wish you all the luck in your current applications for summer camps and all that. Um, again, since you know you have a very close connection to the UC Merced Bobcat STEM Academy, um, do you know when the applications are out yet?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I could ask my dad. Okay, Just, yeah, because yeah. yeah, your dad's he, kind of the he, founder. Yeah, he and, runs a camp.
0: yeah, cool. So, yeah, um, if you have any questions, um, our listeners, um, Derek is part of LCap, um, and I'm sure if you're from LCap, you probably know him by now.
1: I don't know and, if anyone from the LCap listened to this. Oh no, I'm sure. I, I mean, so no, I, I know some of my friends do. That's uh-huh. how I found out about this. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, if
0: any any listeners from LCap are listening right now, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Um, but again, yeah, if you're from Rosed, um you know, I'm, I'm always available to answer any of your questions about summer camps. But yeah, other than that, uh, thank you, Derek. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. And we'll see you soon on We the Students. Goodbye.